0: You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to the 2023 third preseason episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of the Western Conference. This episode is brought to you by the newest MLS game, where in the world is Emmanuel Renoso. Uh, no, 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 just just kidding, just no. Uh, actually brought to you by our amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreons. It's because of you all that uh, we're still going and uh, so so thankful and blessed and, and happy that you all are coming back and joining us for another season of MLS Fantasy. If you're interested in learning more about what Patreon is and how you can become a supporter of this show, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash mlsfi. That's p a t r e o n.com slash mlsfi. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from mlsfantasyboss.com. And tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Mr. Blaine Riffle. And we'd also like to welcome our special guest, Isaac Jensen, aka Samurai Panda, from the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord. Hey, fellas. Hey. hey. Well, so happy to have you all here. Uh, The the big announcement I have to make at the top of the show, for those of you who have not noticed, I know a lot of you veteran players or those of you who frequent the Discord may have already heard this. So if you're not a Discord member, here's another reason to do that. Uh, But the game is back, kind of, sort of, halfway. Uh, If you have the MLS app, then yes, you can access the 2023 fantasy game. You can set your teams. Uh, maybe you can make the league. I did not get that far. I was just uh, checking some things out, doing some prep for the show. Uh, Isaac has a thumbs up. We can make leagues. I would not expect that that would change uh, when the game goes live on on PC or in the uh, in-app, in-app, in-browser version, the web version. But um, yeah, so if you want to start tinkering, go on out there. It's, it's available in the app and play around there. I know last year there were some frustrations that people experienced at times. I know Ashley had times when she could not get her team to say or finalize through the app and would have to log in through the web interface. Um, But maybe that's fixed. I don't know. The only thing I know for sure is in the little splash screen that you get on the website, it says better stats. So I'm curious what that means for this season, once we get the web interface and can be a bit more user-friendly for me to, to browse through it.
1: That could be a copy and paste from last year because it said the it, same thing.
0: <laughs> it could be a copy and paste from last year, but we're building it up so that if it is, we'll, we'll bring Skylar on and be like Skylar. These are not better stats. These are last year stats. We wanted more stats and more filters and we want it now. Very, really wonky of us. Uh, but yes. Thanks to everyone who is joining us tonight for this stream. If you joined us last week, we did the Eastern conference. So uh, if you're on YouTube, just click back through the playlist to find our second episode. If you're on one of your podcast of choice networks, then just find the previous episode. If you want to hear the Eastern Conference episode, these do run a little bit longer because we do cover everyone, try to get some preview. Uh, But even though we do have prices out now, the goal of this podcast, this episode is for those of you who are new to the game, those of you who are returning to the game, or those veterans who just have forgotten parts of the game, uh, just some of the off the top players to keep an eye on as you start building your teams. Of course, we got preseason that's still wrapping up so you can get some more insights from there. We have maybe some players yet to return to the league or some players to be added to the league. Who knows what's going to happen, but these are just to kind of help you Get those old gray cells going as you're thinking through what you want to do and just refreshing your mind and know where to start for those new players of who to target as you're building your first team and figuring out how to use your money. After a quick, quick break. All right. Welcome back. We are ready to start talking about our Western Conference player targets just right out the gate. Uh alphabetically we're going to start talking about Austin FC. Uh this is a good team. This is a team that I like. Uh Brucey is often going to be one of your captain options and so he is definitely a player that you're going to want again on your on your roster in the Golden Boot race last year. Uh, and there's also several good defensive options, but what I like most about Austin is their defensive depth, as I think they have some quality defensive options that may not be starting right right out the gate. But you can, of course, look to Cascante right there off the top uh, and know that even if there are some injuries or some rotations, there's still going to be some good options, which could be frustrating from the fantasy point of view if you don't know who's going to start. But uh, being able to get some previews of lineups, which over at the Fantasy Boss Discord, we're hopeful our Twitter bots will be working for a reasonable price this year to uh, be able to provide that information as quickly as we can. But um, I I think there's some good depth there, which we talked about last week of questions for teams that did not have the depth Uh, and the forward position going to be one to watch. Blaine may have some, some more firm opinions here, but we have Zardes who is now with Austin and he sort of displaced Rudy up top. I never really looked to Austin for forwards last year. This was mostly uh, a, a midfield team or some defensive options right here. Fagundes every now and then, but this was usually a Drusi in my midfield kind of team and and maybe grabbing someone in the back. Maybe Zardes will find a home and find his form and be ready to go here. I don't know. So he would be a wait and see for me, but as far as the other players go, I think this is a top target team um, with Drusi potentially being a must-have if he comes out of the gate with some of the form that we tend to expect from him. Blaine, what do you think? Anything to add?
2: Yeah, I like that. I think this is a team with a ton of potential and a lot of situationally good players. This defense isn't bad. Uh, they've changed it up a little bit, but I still like the way this team is built. I like Pereira and Ring running the midfield. They're not going to be huge point producers, although if Pereira really is playing that defensive midfield role and rings more of the box to box ring could actually become viable with all the service he's given in the past. And then Pagundes and Rigoni, both names we like, they, they look good on paper. They look good on this lineup. I think this could be really good, but I think where they're going to shine is actually in feeding service to a guy like Zardes. I think one of the things this team missed last year was a guy who could hit the net in front of goal. And that's never been a Rudy strong point he he honestly sucks he misses the sitters in front of goal but then he <laughs> but then he he dribbles through like three guys and puts one in from a weird angle like that's a Rudy a Rudy misses the easy ones and hits the hard ones. you get somebody like Zardes who is made his career as a striker banging in the easy ones and get in position I think he is a perfect fit for this team and so if you start seeing that happening Fagundas and Rigoni may be picking up a lot more assists off the wing. I just, It's kind of a wait and see for me, but I think there are a lot of potential must-owns if this team comes together like they look like they're going to on paper. Otherwise, look at Dreyusi, look at Ring in the double game weeks when they come up, and just kind of find your points elsewhere because I think even with all of that, there could be a lot of shared points on this team. Isaac?
1: Yeah, I pretty much agree with, with all of that. Uh when I heard the news about Zardes going to Austin, I thought that is that is a fantastic signing for just everything that that Blaine just said. Like uh, he's going to thrive in the system. I feel like, and I think he may even be a contender for the Golden Boot. Uh, but my my one worry there is this could possibly regress see a bit because instead of being the goal guy, he could just be the the key pass or the assist guy, and he might. He might get more attacking BPs that way, but probably less goals, fewer goals. He was already overperforming his stats anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, week after week, except against very tough defenses, I don't see how you can go without an Austin attacker at this point. Uh, and I'm also very excited about the, the defensive prospects with the new, I'm going to butcher the name, Vaisanen, the I'm new center back. Apparently, he's a, a like-for-like replacement for Sin. and that dude was a BP monster, so I'm expecting good things there too.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's it's great options all around. That's that's a great point uh, about what Zardes' impact will be on DeRuce. He's definitely a a wait and see uh, for that, and uh, look forward to it. And I, and one thing we're going to have to debate if we were just talking about it in chat of of which jersey for Zardes Blaine needs. And I I think if he was to get a Golden Boot this year, it, it would have to be austin blaine would have to get a hazard as austin jersey i mean is, is there any way blaine that you could not get that jersey if he wins the golden boot
2: if he wins the golden boot i have to get the jersey
0: there we go it's right here but i
2: mean i i couldn't get one that year it was just it didn't work out for whatever reason but the year he transferred to columbus i said he was going to have a 20 goal campaign and he had 19 in the regular season and one in the playoffs so i mean i really should have that jersey too but i was not able to get one in time
0: yeah, we'll see. We'll start a we we'll start a GoFundMe for Blaine to, to get a, a Zardes, Columbus Zardas jersey. Or if we got a Columbus fans, let's let's ship Blaine a, a jersey right there. All right. Well, let's move on to Colorado. Isaac.
1: Uh Colorado, your best fantasy options. Uh if Rubio is playing a little bit deeper, like he has been last season, uh, as more of a playmaker, he was fantasy gold in that role. Uh, it sounds like Jack Price is fully fit back to health. Uh, and he was always a a strong fantasy. Uh, option, just because he's got the, the floor of a D-mid, but also the the attacking upside with set pieces. Um, but if he's not fully fit, I don't know. Uh, I'm hearing lots of good things about Yappy or Yappi, however you pronounce that, uh, the young striker, uh, who I guess they're trying to integrate in more, get more minutes. He's been tearing it up in preseason, uh, so we could have a breakout year. Um, I'm interested to see uh, what Cabral's going to do with this team. I think he could thrive in this system. Uh, if he can find his footing, he didn't really have success at Galaxy, but so maybe he'll do better here. And I'm always, always excited about DP center backs. So this new Maxo or Maxu, uh, very excited. Uh, but in terms of defense as a whole for Colorado, I'm wait and see, because they struggled a lot last season after Austin Trusty left. Like uh, Before Austin Trusty left, they had, uh, I think, only allowed one goal in their first six home games. And then after Trusty left, they only had three clean sheets total. So that's, it's a big concern. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but lots of new new players here, which is always kind of a wait and see for me um, overall. I'd say they're, yeah, just we'll see.
0: And that's a great call out with price and that a lot of, uh, if you're new to this game, but just make sure to remember is is these set pieces are so critical to a lot of what these players are getting. That's uh, several of the defenders are able to, to get those particularly um, and uh, really increase their their point potential. And price is one of those where at that D-mid position, we'll get that out of the, the conversation early, D-mids usually are horrible for the game. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll have higher floors, uh, so can be an option maybe during a double game week, but they tend to just be horrible in the fantasy game which just not having enough points. Price has always broken that mold precisely because of that point mm-hmm. generation and we see we see that every year i know i'm guilty of it too being like oh that's right price does well doesn't he oh, i forgot um <laughs> but then he got hurt last year and you saw that just noticeable point drop from all of colorado um and another great call with maxo because he's potentially displaced abu bakar as a starting point who was also pretty good at generating bonus points as well so there's uh, again some depth there you can potentially look to if there's our rotations or when there are rotations that you can feel pretty confident with some of those options. Um, Now, Blaine, you knew him in Kansas city.
2: Are we going to have a a Rubio Yappy fight up at the top? Oh, it's very possible. Although Rubio's fine playing the second striker. And as Isaac mentioned, he actually does a little bit better fantasy wise playing in a deeper role. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be interesting if Yappy does break out how they work both of them into the lineup, because I don't think you can drop Rubio out of the starting lineup here. And they're trying to, kind of playing a 4-3-3. I guess Rubio can play wide. He did it in Kansas City a little bit. But he's always done much better, both fantasy and regular play, being more central. So I'd be interested to see what they try to do with him if Yappie's really there. But my whole thing for Colorado is, like, this is a wait-and-see team. They're kind of a team that slingshots back and forth from playoffs to bottom of the table back to the playoffs. And I think this is a playoff year for them. This is one of those upswing years. And so if you're going to look at that, Rubio takes PKs and Jack Price is on so many set pieces. Those are the only two guys I'm interested in. Until I see more, unless there's a really good defensive matchup, if a weak team comes in, yeah, I'd probably start looking at the new center back, Maxo, or any of the defenders, really. Rosenberry likes to get some decent bonus points too. But this team for me is really just – Take your set pieces, take your sure things, and wait and see where they go. Very true. So, for me, I, I I agree. Wait and see
0: with maybe Rubio, not Rubio, with um, with Price being right there, bubble top target at least that I want to keep an eye on. But yeah, overall, uh, wait and see for me as well. Let's move on to FC Dallas, Blaine.
2: So for me, and this is a little bit of personal bias, Dallas is always a bit of a wait and see. Dallas has had some very good years recently, and when they don't look like they're going to have a good year, they have a great year. It's one of those teams that either really, really good or really, really bad, and they just struggled to get it together. I think this has been one of the more consistent off seasons they've had in a while. They didn't sell a lot of their young talent. I can't believe Jesus Ferreira is still around. Who, if they play like they did last year and he continues to develop as a player, we got a potential golden boot candidate right there. Who is probably, I would probably put on my list as situational at this point. I don't think he's quite must have given some of the other forwards in the league, but I don't think he's bad. And then you're looking at that triangle that he's in with Ariola and LeJet, those two guys feed him, run the show. A lot, but you've got Pomacall coming back from an injury this year. What's that going to do to Legett's performance? Velasco looked pretty good in his time that he played, but he didn't play a whole lot or he got injured or something last year. He just he wasn't around as much as you'd want. So I think this team's got a little bit of gelling to do. Potential is there outside of Ferreira and maybe Ariel in a good matchup. I think everybody else is going to kind of be waiting to see where they come come out. And as far as this defense goes, I just don't know. They were they were solid last year. They had some really good games. They had some really bad games. Uh, they've added some names. Ivie is here, who was in New York City, went to LAFC, hasn't really played enough, and he's in line to start. Paz is their goalkeeper, but, I mean, Maurer is right behind him, and we've seen some rotation there. I just really don't – this is the most consistent offseason they've had in a while, but I just don't know how all the pieces fit at the moment. Looks good on paper, but I just, I never trust Dallas because they can, they can, they can blow you out. They could, I mean, they could be rivaling for the top of the West with the squad they have, or they could be struggling to even make the playoffs. And it's just, it's just the way this team has always been. And it's really hard to pick them. So I got a personal bias against them because of that. I've had bad luck picking their guys and they're a team that's just all over the place every season. And I just want to see some consistency before I trust them. Isaac.
1: Yeah, that all sounds pretty good. I was gonna say situational for me too. Um, I think I'm a little bit more confident in the defense. They sneakily had the second best defense in the league last year, uh, second fewest goals allowed uh after Philadelphia. So I'm I'm a little bit apprehensive because of Ibiaga. Like he is, you know, to use a, a meme word, cromulent. He's a cromulent defender. Uh he's not gonna, you know. I don't know if he's he's going to be able to shut down you know uh, counter press that well, but like Farfan and, and uh, Jose Martinez on that back line uh, were were pretty decent fantasy options last season. I'm expecting that to continue. But in terms of the attack, just to kind of echo everything Blaine said, it's going to be situational. If they're playing a very weak defense at home, stack up. Outside of that, probably not.
0: Sorry, I'm just sharing a link to your big word in, in chat so that everyone can, can keep up there. <laughs> Cromulent. <laughs> there we go, Cromulent. I guess,
2: I guess before you go read, we should mention Matt Hedges is no longer here. Yeah. Like correct. that's the big off-season news. Ibiza is starting because Matt Hedges signed a free agent deal in, what, Toronto? Yep. So they've yeah. lost their yeah. captain and Rock in the back who's kind of settled everything. That changes a team. I mean, yes and no. He was
1: kind of in and out of the lineup all last season, anyway, with injury, and they seem to do okay without him, which is probably why they were willing to let him go. But I don't, I, I agree. Ibiaga's nowhere near Hedges level or what Hedges used to be. Um, so we'll see how that goes. That's
0: that's fair. Ashley has this listed because it's such different from you guys as a top target team. Potentially a wait and see for her because she really loves that strong right side with Jesus Ariola and Legette. Um She also likes Farfan defensively, but she wants to see if they they gel. So a little bit of the same consensus there on on the defensive side about gelling. She's really strong on on uh, that more attack side. I, I'm for me, it's a wait and see team. Um, because I, I do like legit and I'd like to see, I'd like to see what he does more with this system. Uh, and I do want to see what happens with the defense with some of these changes right there, but, uh, I'm, I'm willing to, I did not actually know Isaac that they were the second best with, with her defense overall. That actually surprised me a little bit, but, um, but yeah, that, that would make me definitely have them in that wait and see. Section with a little bit more confidence. Um, particularly, we've, we've got the the lineups now. If you're going to the app, and so you can see what the, the first few weeks are going to be like, and you can decide if you think they're they're worth taking taking a punt or getting a a week to week or two to see what the stats look like. And then, if you like the bonus point generations, uh, then then jump right in and go for it there. Moving right along, still in Texas, going to Houston, the Houston Dynamo right here. And uh, I will be honest, I know last week really struggled with trying to not just throw around the hot garbage label just willy-nilly like that. Um, so what I can say about Houston is I am not planning to target Houston out of the gate. Um, hesitate to just say hot garbage up front, but um, they've spent some time focusing on their defense, I think, over over the break, that is, that is fair to say. Uh, so maybe... I might be willing to consider a defense situationally um, with like a, a a dash of wait and see, to see if anything right there works, but, but this is kind of as close to hot garbage for me as I can get without actually just saying hot garbage, mostly because I'm I'm willing to give most teams kind of a shot out the door of, all right, like, show me what you got. Let's, let's kind of see if, if some of your tinkering did everything and they got Ben Olsen now down in Houston. So, um, maybe they'll get a new coach bump um but no most most of the players who we are were most excited about last year with Houston are on different teams now uh and so it's it's just not something that uh, I'm looking at and most of the players are kind of older that they've brought in especially and uh, like some some I guess sports old players Staris Clark um, Baird, some of these people are coming in, and Smith. We'll see what happens right there in the back. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe you guys are more willing to to throw out the hot garbage label than I am. Blaine.
2: Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, I like some of these names, but then I look at what Doyle threw out is the potential depth chart here, and I look at who they are. They're a ten away from being an okay team, but that's just okay. I mean, Karskia could be good, but I want to see what he does. I look at this and I go, Artur might be their highest scoring player, and he's their defensive midfielder. (laughs) I think the defense is okay. I really do. Like, Hadevi is fine. I mean, he's a younger player, but he should be coming on strong. Steriz is a great partner for him. Clark's an anchor in the back. You can rely on him as a goalkeeper. I think defense is going to be a strength here. But then I have to ask is anybody actually going to respect their attack or their counter? And I don't think they will. Ferreira had his moments, but Ferreira needs somebody to be a playmaker and their big new signing is Baird and he's going to be playing out wide and that just doesn't make sense to me. He's a center forward as far as I as far as I'm concerned. I just I don't see where anybody's going to respect this attack and if you don't respect this attack you can throw extra bodies forward to try to break down what should be an okay defense so i just i can't i can't justify claiming anybody i would say this team is hot garbage but they're not a team i'm willing to just outright bet against if that makes sense That's maybe fine. you sell out on defense against them because you don't expect them to score a ton of goals but I don't think this is a team you just go, oh, it's Houston. Put three against them. Whoever's playing them, I'm taking three. I don't think you sell out against them, but I think this team is so bad you don't want to touch any of their players ever. Isaac, oh, garbage. <laughs> 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 I'll
1: I'll, I'll kind of echo the uh, the sentiments about Ferrera up top. is Ferreira. He he had a decent showing last season, but you're right about you know who's going to get him the ball. Um, and the, the way Houston's played the last couple of seasons three or four seasons at least for fantasy like even if they're okay on paper or they're okay on the day on the match like in the actual playing of soccer they're fine but they never have any good fantasy options because for whatever reason the way they play it doesn't translate to good fantasy production uh except sometimes the center backs will have a high floor game uh has been good for that too stara's as well Uh, I am pretty excited to see what uh, Franco Escobar can do at right back. He has been pretty good with fantasy points in the past, but the problem is, is he never stays healthy. He's always (laughs) subbing out early, getting injured. Um, So that's going to be an area of concern. Um, Yeah, I'll echo echo what Wayne said pretty much, like avoid, except in very rare circumstances where you might want Ferreira up top against a very weak defense.
0: Yeah, and Ashley's now She falls in that same area situation with a dash of hot garbage right there. Uh, now Isaac let's hear what you think about LAFC
1: last year's champions thanks to Gareth Bale. LAFC right? sans Gareth Bale um, it's gonna be weird like you would think it would be a, a must own or a top target but for me it's gonna be situational because they have so much talent in that attack like flip a coin who's gonna be the, the person to get the goals that week uh, I'm still very much situational Vela. like who knows if he's gonna be uh, in the starting lineup or, you know, subbed out at halftime. Uh, Boanga, you know, looks good, but really didn't translate to, to goals or anything yet, but he could have a breakout year. Uh, but I will say, at least at home, so the third best defense last year was LAFC. They had they allowed one more goal than Dallas, I think it was. So defense at home is just about a must-have. Any option is a good one, especially, I mean, but the top is going to be Palacios because he was getting both defensive and attacking bonus points. Um but with Crapo injured, I mean, McCarthy and goal looked great in the final. But is that going to translate to the regular season? I don't know. So defense might be a wait and see. Um, and then the midfield, lots of good options there, too. So Fuentes. Uh, Ilié was a good floor player last year. But again, he's a D mid, so probably not the best option. So, I mean, again, it's like there's no wrong answer, which might also mean there's no right answer.
2: Blaine. <laughs> Yeah, I'll echo that. This is like Houston from a couple of years ago. Too many options, never know who's going to hit. And with so many options, you've got rotation risk everywhere, except Mm -hmm. for maybe midfield. Like Sifu and Acosta should be playing most of the time. If Bell is not in, Acosta's probably taking a lot more set pieces. Mm -hmm. So Acosta's value goes up when Bell is out. Um, Doyle doesn't have him with the starting striker. I know they're actively shopping for one. Apoku actually as a starting striker may not be the worst thing in the world. Uh, Buanga may also get that role. I think he's had some in preseason and he's put in a couple of goals. So I may be willing to take a flyer on whoever is their starting nine earlier in the season because they're going to be a little undervalued. And I think whoever's your starting nine in this in this system is going to be the benefactor of all of the service that's around them. And any team that's playing Vela is going to get a boost from what he brings to MLS even if it doesn't translate to points for him. And even if he only plays 45 minutes, I mean, he can get two assists in 45 minutes for whoever's up top. It's that type of thing. Or he just draws the attention and lets somebody else do whatever. So I, about the only position I'm really looking at here, besides defense, which I think is going to be okay, um, is whoever that starting striker is. And if that's Vela, it'll probably be Vela in my lineup. I'm going to drop the never Vela thing. I'm going to go with the situational Ooh. Vela. I proved my point last year, but now we don't have Arango and Arango was the main reason why I did never Vela is I felt I got more consistent points and more overall points taking Arango every game than Vela. Well, now the better options gone. So you got to go back to whoever's here. But I do like whoever is going to be the nine. and I think they're going to start off a little bit cheaper, which makes it a lot easier to get into the attack without really breaking the bank or risking too much. That's for Ashley is again on a little bit different
0: wavelength from you guys here. She has LAFC tagged as a top target or a must have team coming right out of the gate. And she identifies a Boanga as someone who she is very excited for. They're mm-hmm. up top and that the, she already misses Chicho, though. Uh, it does say that the team needs a nine, but if Bella's healthy, that she likes that attack a lot. She's also a fan of long in the back, which I know I've even seen online. People have some conversations about his effectiveness in New York. And so um, some questions there, but Ashley is all on board for this team. So clearly not afraid of uh, the potential for point sharing there right up top. I have,
1: so. I have two concerns about that. Yeah. That if Ashley were here, I would tell her. Uh, <laughs> like, And I was going to bring it up earlier, but I forgot. Uh, LAFC is probably going to be focused hardcore on CCL this year, just like mm-hmm. Seattle did last year. Yep. Which could lead to a lot of rotation, a lot of burnout. I mean, we saw what happened with Seattle. Uh, and then also Vela has been playing as a false nine in preseason, from what I've seen. And what I've noticed through the past few seasons, whenever Vela starts central, his floor seems to disappear. He might still get on the on the score sheet, but the bonus points you're used to with him tend to go away. So that that is a concern. But if they're, you know, playing a really bad defense, load up, go three forwards. Why not?
2: Yeah, Ashley, Ashley echoed the one part I kind of said. She's excited for Bwanga which makes me feel better about shouting him out. I think he's had a really good preseason with them. Yeah. He's got on the score sheet a few times. I think he's been one of their lead attacking players for preseason, which doesn't tell us everything, and the opponents can be weird, But and you can be second string versus second string at that point. But he has looked like one of their better scoring options in preseason. So I think the potential is there now. Will it translate to first team MLS? We'll have to see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That and that preseason information can be be valuable for getting a little bit of a heads up. Uh, I think it's always important if you're looking at that to to really pay attention to who they're playing because it's very common for a team to completely change their lineup at the halftime just to get people experience or get trial players to come out there and see what they can do. So really pay attention to those lineups to see who they were playing against. Um, it seems like more teams are playing against other MLS teams now than we may have had some in the past. So it, it's helpful. And I think that does make some of the feedback that you can find a bit more reliable uh, when you're trying to make some of these plans, but yeah, great, great call out though for, um, for the information there guys. Okay. Let's go to the other LA team, LA
2: galaxy Blaine. So this is probably going to be the weirdest take we've had so far Ooh. in one of these. I think this team is a 50-50 uh, must-haves and hot garbage. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, to be perfectly honest, this team, the way Doyle has their lineup set with what I know of these players, this looks like a very heavy counter-attacking team, which means guys like Pooch are going to be great. Chicharito, if he can run with them, is going to be great, although Javelchik may be the better option. Araujo and Edwards kind of come in there, take your pick, which one you like given what they were willing to pay for Araujo to get him out of MLS, I think he's going to come in on fire, ready to prove he can still do it. And he's playing for that big contract, so I'm leaning towards him. But I think you're looking at a really heavy counterattacking team here with the way that goes. So whichever forward you like in that, I'm leaning towards javelchik more and more just because I think he's going to be the one with the legs to run, the benefactor of all of that and then pooch is still young hungry one of the best averages of anybody last year in his short stint if he replicates what he did last year we're talking mvp caliber player right here but after that when you get a team that likes to bunker where do the where do the points come from who gets what you're looking at counter attacking only the way they're set up i just i don't know what to make of this team I don't trust many of the other names. I think the defense could get a lot of bonus points, but if they're sitting in, can they actually hold up? This has not been a strong defense for a while now. I just don't know. The the one wild card I have that's kind of a wait and see, he was really good last year, but I want to know how he works with this current system is Brugman. Incredible average for a defensive midfielder last year seem to be involved, seem to go more box-to-box, but I just I don't know what to make of this team. So I think the top targets really are must-have players, but the rest of the team is just so weird and out of place. I can't really justify taking anybody.
0: Isaac, it seems like you may not think Blaine's take
1: is that odd at all.
2: No, no, that's exactly what I wrote on my note
1: coming into this was (laughs) – must-have slash hot garbage. It's like uh, Ricky Poosh will probably be on my team more more weeks than he's not. Uh, Chicharito or Joe Valjic will be in there in situations where you want a, a Galaxy forward. But other than that, pretty much no thanks. Uh, they've been playing in a 3-5-2 in preseason, which from what I've seen and heard has not been going well. <laughs> because they don't really have any wingers. Like they've got, I guess, uh, Araujo hasn't been playing in preseason. Uh, it's been Leardom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess he got Raheem Edwards on the other side, which Raheem Edwards is now a defender in the game. So that could be good value there because he went like, what, seven games in a row with an assist last season? He was yeah, something like that. Solid yeah. work. Um, but I don't I don't trust the defense at all. Um, so I don't know. We'll see if this team can turn it around. But like, it's weird to have a team where these are a couple of must have players. The rest is hard.
2: this. This honestly, this really reminds me of Montreal with Piatti. Oh, so yeah, got yeah, that, yeah. They've got that three in the back, but both of their wingers, it's a three, they're listing it as a three, five, two, but it's really a five, three, two, clog the middle. Mm-hmm. All their midfielders play central. Your two wide midfielders are wingbacks. Araujo is a wingback. Edwards is listed as a defender. He's a converted wingback at this point. Like this looks like the old school Montreal and Piotti, and we all know what Piotti did. Pooch is Piotti in yep. this situation. Yep. If you've got a striker that can run with him, that's who you want. That's yeah I think for
1: me- mm-hmm. I, I say think- that's gonna be jogis that can do the running Gish, oh, can't run yeah. anymore yeah. he's he's the one
0: that that I'm like wait and see I, I just want to see more of him mm-hmm. like once the season starts uh but he could definitely be someone who I have a top as a top target um right now for me it it is poo who's like must have I, I agree hundred percent there he was awesome coming in at the end of of last season definitely had a lot of those Ladero vibes when, when he first came in. And so uh, apparently he must be getting over his frustrations of living in LA. Um <laughs> He's bored. It, yeah. He's being bored and has to drive too much. I don't know. Um, Which is funny. It's very funny. I, I get it, but it's also really funny to hear. Um But yeah, he's, he's an absolute monster, I think for fantasy. And if you, played half of the game last year and then stopped or whatever. I mean, you, you definitely want to be looking at him as a very much. So at least top target player, um, but then we can we'll see what they do. But I th- I think you're right. Wayne, you are accurate. It's, it is a hot garbage team with sprinklings of must-haves potentially in there um, and going to be, I love that Piotti call out because that, that just makes yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so nailed it. And he was for, for newer players, one of several seasons the best fantasy player on on a team that was not fantastic so there we go uh, let's go to minnesota united which is an interesting team right now in a di- interesting place uh, the biggest news out of minnesota of course that impacts fantasy managers is that Reynoso is mia and he is the heart of that team. This does not seem to be of any concern to Minnesota United. However, it is very concerning to major league soccer mm. who has fined him for not reporting to preseason. Um, Minnesota keeps insisting that no, no, he's at home dealing with some personal stuff, which is never good for a player. So definitely we want to send our thoughts out to he and his family, depending on what that he is uh, going through. I've not seen what it is. If that's been made public, I've not seen it, but um, the general consensus does not is not that it seems like he's trying to force any kind of transfers, that he's dealing with something personal. So uh definitely want want to be with his family at that time, but that's going to impact their team. So from the fantasy point, Reynoso not being with this team had a noticeable impact, and we need to keep that in mind going into it. Otherwise, they have options. There, there are good players on Minnesota's team who produced points last year. A little bit of that historic Houston syndrome that we've talked about before, where Laud would put up points, uh Fragapane would put up points, uh, Amaria would put up points, Reynoso would put up points. And so there can be some sharing around, but without Reynoso here, um, there's that wonder of who is going to be pulling the strings. Um, and and I don't know. I also want to mention uh, Dane St. Clair, who is a keeper that oftentimes comes up during during conversations with one of the target. I, I see him behind more of a questionable defense, and so I'm not sure if he's going to be as much of a go-to keeper for many as maybe he has been in, in the past, uh, or at least may just not be worth the money that he he may be valued at compared to other other keepers in their production going there. So for, for me, being generous, it's a wait-and-see team because I think we have to have this Reynoso question answered, and then the question is going to be how long does it take him to get back in sync with the team having missed preseason blaine you look like you want to just jump in on this one
2: i this is interesting i'm i'm going to channel my inner christian here because he's a minnesota guy he likes this team i don't i don't dislike the way this team is built this team has gotten good results with reynoso in there but i have a couple of differences I've talked to Christian about it a little bit it looks like lot is the one to step up as a new 10 okay that's not bad like I will take a little bit cheaper 10 on what I consider to be a pretty solid team this isn't one of my top targets in the Western Conference by any means but I don't think this team is by any means bad and I, very situational against good and good matchups you go with it I will take a cheaper 10 in the absence of Reynoso like we're we love cheap tens in the midfield And Lod's a solid player. Yeah, he has been very good. Honestly, he was probably their best player last year, but he played in so many different positions, he couldn't shine in any one of them. He set up, Doyle's got him as the starting winger. Um, Hulagwane or whatever, a long way, how I you pronounce that one, Um, is a decent backup. I thought he was good. He's ready to break out and show what he can do. The other one is, Fragapane's also played that 10 role in the absence of Reynoso. If he starts there, I really like him in that role as well. I just I think this is a good enough team. You look at the ten and no Reynoso who is currently suspended without pay by MLS. That's how big this is. Plus, I think he's dealing with legal issues back home. Those may have been resolved, but I'm not I haven't heard that he's been cleared. so he may not, if he's at home, he may not even be able to, or be allowed to leave his country at the moment because of ongoing legal issues. Like that's how bad this is. And that's how long this is going. He could be gone for the entire season at this point, for all we know. So I like whoever's the 10 here. I think there's a good supporting cast. Amaria's not a barn burning striker that I would really trust even with, with a good game. But the, the other guy I really like is Ariaga as a second midfielder got some decent numbers last year if you take reynoso out put a different playmaker in there he can pick up a little bit of that playmaking potential too so i think there's a lot of situational pieces on this team with whoever their 10 is being borderline must own depending on the matchup probably situational matchups but i think when they have that good matchup they're going to be a must own because of their price point so i don't i don't know that the reynoso issue is as Big as we're making it out to be, because I think the team's good enough to fill in for him and get solid production from that position in a fantasy. From a fantasy standpoint, whether that helps them win games in an MLS, who, know, who knows? Who cares? It's just we want fantasy points.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And someone asked us at the end of the day, well, Isaac. Those are all good points. I was initially going to say hot garbage, but I think that was all very well said, Boyne. Um yeah from what i understand it has been Robin Laud in uh, in the 10. Um, one interesting thing here that i think might make Fragapane more appealing is he's listed in a, as a forward in the new game this year. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to be on some set pieces or if he's going to be doing some chance creation like it's always good to find forwards that can give you some bonus point production and not just goals. But Fragapane yeah. can do both of those. Um, i'm definitely going to be wait and see on the defense because uh, you know Boxall and Debassi are usually good high-floor defenders, but they've lately been injury-prone in and mm-hmm. out of the lineup. Uh, and Minnesota just was not a trustworthy defense this past season. Um, so, yeah, beyond that, I really didn't have nothing more to add. Were you surprised he was a forward? or Would you have thought he was a midfielder? Where would you have fallen? Um, I mean, yes and no. There, I saw there's a quite a few what you would call like wingers that play a bit forward that were yeah. mids last year that are now forwards this year. And for me, it makes sense for the most part. Uh, if anything, it just gives us more options at forward besides just straight strikers, and that's good for fantasy points. Because, you know, just it got so tedious to have strikers where it's like, okay, they either got two points or seven points just because they got a goal or not. Sure. So if you can yeah. get a forward, they can get you like a five or six without a goal. That's great. So that means they're getting the 10-11 range with, with an attacking return. Mm-hmm. and I went back and forth about this one.
2: Yeah, and I like what she said. The bonus point forwards, that two two point floor for most forwards when you get a three to four point floor with a few bonus points like that makes a huge difference all mm-hmm. around with slightly lower goal potential but still and fragapane I mean in the absence of Reynoso I thought like I, I'm hyping up Laud because he's he is a great player and I think he is their 10. And I think as he develops he is going to be the better player on this team. But there was a big argument for Fragapane being better than Reynoso at points last year. Reynoso is still in the middle of getting all the bonus points but when Reynoso was out Fragapane was getting the the bulk of their points in fantasy so I don't know how that changes I think he played more Central when that was coming so I'll have to see how it holds up on the wing but I I just think there's a lot of good options here and Fragapane being a forward is huge
0: see if it plays out Isaac I did you a disservice but it's what I had to do
1: you did what do you think of Portland well, just based on principle, hot garbage, always hot garbage, always will be hot garbage. <laughs> I love it. One uh, of my favorite <laughs> things to do on this show is
0: to give Seattle fans Portland.
1: Uh, but uh, in all seriousness, though, no, this attack looks super scary, just based on what we're seeing in preseason. Yeah. Um, This Evander guy we're all hearing about, like everything we're seeing, it, it feels like the hype is real. Uh, I'm hesitant to go full hype because I did that last year with Gressel, and was just <laughs> you know, going terribly. Uh, I don't want to put my curse on it, (laughs) Uh, but from what it looks like is he should be on the set pieces. He should be uh, just one of those classic, you know, attacking midfielders that is providing service and also getting the goals. Uh, Could see a new young Valeri here is what it looks like. Uh, I checked his stats when he was in the Danish league. He's averaged at least 15 goal contributions each season for the last four seasons in a row. So if you add secondary assists into that, we're probably talking, you know, a 10 plus 10 season potentially um so definitely a huge prospect going into the season usually i have kind of a hands-off approach with newcomers but this one seems legit um i'm looking forward to see what santi moreno can do with uh this playmaker evander coming in he had a decent season in 2022 but just was not consistent was not in the lineup that often as he probably should have been but it sounds like he's going to be a mainstay going forward um Jimmy is probably going to get opened up a bit more in the attack instead of you know holding back a little bit next to his brother. Um, my only concern here is the defense. Like Portland defense is always uh, a nightmare. Their center backs are, are getting old. They're they're injury prone. They're rotating. Uh, I never bet on a Portland clean sheet, but one thing that's that's interesting about Portland is how, the way they play. Their fullbacks always seem to generate bonus points. Uh, so you got Claudio Bravo on one side, and I think it's going to be Juan Mascara on the on the other side as Van Rankin's out. I'm hearing a lot of good things about Mascara. Um, so there's going to be some good options there. And then I'm looking forward to a full season to Eric Williamson. I think he's going to be a bonus point beast uh, that could get some attacking returns. Uh, could be a good cheap option in the field there. So I hate to say it, like Portland looks good. They look really good for fantasy. They look really good
2: for the actual game too. So, Blank. See, I'm a little different. Um, I think this team was built for Evander. Um, This is the team that made Valeri shine. I think he's going to plug and play and go to work. I think he's, if everything we're seeing in preseason is accurate, I think he's borderline must own at this point. Um, But I remember some of the good old days with Valeri and nobody else scored. Like it was Valeri or bust for this team. Occasionally they had a good defensive performance and you do that. I think if Evander is as good as advertised, yeah, some other guys are going to pick up some points situationally, but I don't know that you can trust who's going to get those points all around. So I think this may be a one-off team. You run Evander when you want this team, just like we used to run Valeri when we wanted this team and we never trusted anybody else. They've got two good forwards that are proven in MLS that just kept getting injured. Um, You've got Yimichara, who was fantastic at times, but that was mainly in the absence of their primary playmakers. So who knows what he does when you have that central presence like a Valeri that we used to have? I do, I don't know. And then Moreno, I agree, Isaac. He could have that breakout season. He could look really good. Or Asprea is right behind him, and he could go 60 minutes and come out and let Espria run with fresh legs. I just, I don't know that the points are with anybody else on this team outside of Evander. And that's what I'm going to encourage everybody to look at to begin with is it's a Vander or bust with this team and then go clean sheet hunting with the guys who could pick up some bonus points, but this isn't a defense. I'm going to be targeting consistently for all of my bonus points. They're just in addition to clean sheet hunting at the uh, right now.
0: And what was it two, two years ago, we did the uh, MLS fantasy Mount Rushmore and uh Valeri- Best fantasy player all time. Is that what it was that we decided on? I think so, just because he was his production 1010 for so many seasons. Prolific. Prolific there with his with his fantasy production. I love Ashley's comment here in the notes because it just it's it's so very Seattle fan to me. A Vandery Vandery Vander. I'm tired of it already. And so <laughs> that's that's I, no. Uh, I have nothing to add. I think you guys uh nailed that one out of the park. Moving on to Real Salt Lake. Blaine, thoughts.
2: Yeah, this the big news yeah, this offseason is Crylock is back and healthy. I mean, that's about the only thing we can say for this team. They lost a lot of good talent. They're trying to replace it. Um, I think this team goes as Crylock and Savarino go. If those two are playing well and having a good have some good chemistry and can get the job done, this team will do well. So <laughs> For that reason, I think Crylock and Saverino are my only two situational guys. Usually it's RSL at home. Maybe you look at Brody attacking up the wing a little bit from that fullback position. They let uh, Aaron Herrera go to Montreal, and Brody is going to start in his place all season. So that shows you what faith they have in him. But other than that, I think this is a two-man show with a very situational, home-only type of setup with Crylock and Saverino
1: Isaac. I fully agree. That's almost exactly all the stuff I wrote down. Uh like I'm I'm curious to see where Crylock is gonna play positionally, because he was kind of all over the place when he was, you know, playing.
2: Uh, I think uh, in the absence. Of, yeah, I think in the absence of Rusnak, he is their 10. When Rusnak was out, yeah, that's where he played. Mm-hmm, when Rusnak was in, he floated around to different spots.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's probably where he's gonna be. So yeah, Crylock is gonna be situational at home. Severino as well. And Brody. I have to mention Brody. He was a BP monster last season. Um, So yeah, but it's only at home. Like RSL has always been a home team. They've been hot garbage on the road for years. Mm -hmm. So it's like, don't, don't touch a Salt Lake player outside of Salt Lake.
0: That's, that's always been the most interesting thing about, especially when Russ Mack was there, it was like home. Yep. Got, got him. Um, But no, I, I want to see, uh, healthy cryolac throughout the season because he is he's he's solid you guys nailed three that i want um so yeah this is that that sort of schizophrenic top target hot garbage <laughs> again that we mm-hmm. have with the team except based on home away which is still very real in mls for all you new people mm-hmm. uh mls is the league and the professional league where home and away matters it statistically matters the most uh compared to to any other league so uh, very, very much home home advantage is real, and especially at that altitude with with RSL. It, it hits a lot of people. San Jose. Uh I I look at San Jose as really a turnaround team from, from last year because in 2022, it, that was a team that I was always willing to bet against. Uh, liking to load up against San Jose. Just we're in a, a real rough spot. But for 2023, they they could be a top target team. Uh, they have a solid defense. Nathan was one of Ranch's uh, stealth differentials, one of the original the original differentials right there for for a bonus point generation. He's there leading the way with some other defenders who could very well put up some solid bonus points there. And uh, I mean, after game one, two, we'll figure that one out. And then Abobasi up top was, I think, a very underrated forward. We mentioned him often uh, on our show, and he put up very respectable fantasy points, uh, but I think he was often overlooked or maybe just slightly outside of the top three, maybe he was a fourth option. And so it was kind of balancing around where you, where you put some of that, that money. Um, but I, I think you have a lot of strong options. You still have Cowell right there. Uh, Espinoza did really well at times as well. So you've, you've got, I think some options in the field all over for San Jose. I'm, I'm still going to ultimately drop them into a top target slash wait and see just because i i do want to see what they're going to produce because i I did like to bet against them in the past but i see a lot of potential right there for san jose um and maybe they end up being more of a differential team to go for but but i i I like what they're seeing coming out of the gate and i'm I'm willing to to look to san jose for for some fantasy players early on
2: blame this is such a weird one for me. This is San Jose has always kind of been a blind spot because they've been so bad for so long that I just, I can't give them any credit. Even when I see names in here that I like, I just, it's hard for me to give them credit until they prove that they can score. And I believe Nathan went down with a pretty serious injury, so he will not Mm -hmm. be starting. Uh, That's one of the reasons why I think they went out and got Mensa is because they need that defensive target. And they're gonna eat Mintz's entire 1.1 million salary on that transfer, so they are all in on this with that. But it's hard for me, like it's hard for me to get excited about a team whose rec- club record signing was a defensive midfielder. Like, <laughs> like I, I like all these things. Maybe that's what they need. Maybe I'm just blind and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna see it until they prove it to me. Maybe they just needed some somebody to solidify the middle. Maybe it goes back to the Anibal Godoy days when he was just that destroyer that nobody really wanted to run in front of because he'd just take you out. Maybe that lockdown defensive midfielder is what this team needs to free up the attackers. But I've had I've seen so many guys have to track back or get wherever. Now Espinoza's playing on the wing because they've got to fit him in there because he's expensive and a name. I don't know that that's his natural position. I remember seeing him more central and liking him there. What's he gonna do on the wing? is only as good as his service. Now he's very good when he gets good service. So if the service is there, by all means, start taking Abobasi because he scores when he's got it. I just I want to see the services there. I just on paper I could see why this team is so appealing, but they lost Nathan Mensa's getting older every year. He wasn't enough to keep Columbus's defense up last year and he was hurt some. I just, I, I don't know what to make of this team. So this is definitely in my head, I'm thinking hot garbage, but I know this has to be a wait and see. And some of that's my personal bias. I'm sure they're a solid wait and see team, maybe situational if you get a really bad defense, but I mean, this is Western conference and we're not really talking about bad defenses in the Western conference right now.
0: The one, um, missed the acl injury for nathan from a few days ago mm-hmm. uh, thank you thank you for pointing that out good good take um for those of you who are new we do have an injury update section as part of the regular mls fantasy insider broadcasts podcasts, streams so uh that's something we do try to stay on top of all of us uh, because the uh, reporting can be a little varied so appreciate that update and i'm also going to push back slightly on the defensive mid comment because while they themselves tend to be horrible for fantasy points. I think they do have a relevant impact to improving fantasy performance in the game of other players. I mean, look at people like Noobito who came in for Cincinnati. We look at Chara. We can we can look at Beckerman when he was around. We, we can look at a lot of these players who um, make their – Dax McCarty, who come in there and relieve that pressure or break up mm-hmm. – what's coming down with the attack and allows defenders to get more bonus points, relieve some of the pressure. So I I think having a good defensive mid that San Jose may have gone and bought um, that player may not, I doubt, will tear it up for the fantasy, but I think they can have a solid impact on the production of fantasy players and could be an excellent uh, start for a team to build up. That may not play out for for uh, San Jose, but I do think that assigning like a solid signing like that can really help uh, the players around them. Isaac
1: fully agree. I was going to make that point as well. Uh, I am much more likely to take a gamble on defenders on a team that have a very good defensive midfielder. Uh, Cause that good defensive midfielder can make the defense much more appealing. Um, I, i yeah. It's weird for me too. Cause I don't think this team is hot garbage. I think we kind of uh, downplay their attacking prowess just because they would allow so many goals. But we were seeing games where they were scoring three or four goals, but then letting in five or six. Mm-hmm. So they were still losing, but still getting the goals. Abobici had a career year last season, the 17 goals. Uh, I think he could be a also a Golden Boot candidate if he can get that service. Uh, I mean, as far as I know, I think Espinosa has always been on the wing with San Jose. Uh, and he I think he led the league in, in crosses attempted last season. Potentially, but like in terms of chance creation, Espinosa is pretty good. Um, so defensive improvements are good for this team. Very good for this team. Um, I am hesitant, but I think I'm going to rescind my previous fantasy rule of never betting on or against San Jose. <laughs> I think this is going to be this is going to be situational, but I think there's going to be a lot of potential fantasy options here uh, in the right matchups. Like a, a bobas is almost as consistent a striker as you'd want to see in the fantasy game. Fifth overall last year.
0: I, I pulled some of the numbers before the game reset. He was he was fifth overall last year, one point
2: ahead of Brennan. Mm-hmm. Wow. There you go. Like, like impressive. I said, this is a blind spot team for me. I've got this idea about them, and it's hard to see past it. That's yeah, that was that's where i'm coming from like i i wanted to bet against
0: them last year like you were saying it's like they yeah yeah, they might score three and they're going to allow 15 so like who knows what you're going to get but (laughs) but yeah i look at the paper and i'm like you know what yeah i i could see this coming together i did discount some of these guys last year and uh and yeah, that's that's someone I'm willing to to try to remove the open up those blinders. Be like, OK, like a seat, That's a guy that I need to be like, you're probably higher up in my list than, than I've given you credit for and and just see what happens.
1: It's also new coach, new tactics. We'll see how that plays mm-hmm. into things. Uh, they also brought in a new goalkeeper just named Daniel. Uh, and I'm bummed that Nathan Love went out injured because we were going to have a center back and goalkeeper uh, trio of single name players. Rodriguez, Nathan and Daniel. They just go by the one name. Uh, but mm-hmm. now it's gonna be Mensa Rodriguez and, and Daniel. um I don't know. I guess Tchaikovsky has been playing in preseason as well, but i I don't know why you'd spend that much on a new keeper and not start him uh, and he's got really good stats so i'm I'm looking forward to see what Daniel can do.
0: I like it. it reminds me what they had when they had Vega a few years ago and that was a uh,
1: keeper for San Jose.
0: oh yep yep that was um, a good one Mr yeah. own goal. <laughs> <laughs> the name was great. the results not not mm-hmm. always so good. Okay, Isaacs, redemption for you. I'm so sorry. Um, Seattle.
1: Seattle. Um, so if you watch the the Club World Cup, it may seem like things did not go well. But if you put it in context of where Al Ali's season was, they were on a 15-game winning streak, had allowed only like five goals in that same amount of time. So only losing one to zero, I think, was a very good showing for Seattle. Um, everyone's healthy, as far as we can tell. JP's back. Ruby Diaz is back. Christian Urban is is fully fit. Uh, I don't know if JP is going to be more than a 60-minute guy for a few weeks because they're, they're being cautious. But my my big concern with Seattle right now is because you've got JP, Rusnak, and Ladero all on the pitch at the same time, who knows where the set pieces are going to come from? All three of them could be on them split evenly. Uh, that lowers all three of their floors considerably because they're not going to get up to the stats to get the extra bonus points. Um, so there's going to be a bit of a midfield roulette. Um Rui Diaz, I think he needs to get that first goal and then the floodgates are going to open and then he's going to be a consistent fantasy option moving forward. Um, I'm I'm pretty stoked on the defense, but you know, of course that's Homer bias a bit. Uh it looks like Jackson Reagan has won the starting spot over Javier Ariaga, which I think is a good thing. Uh a lot of comparisons to a young Chad Marshall, and I, I can see that. Maybe a little mistake prone right now, hmm. uh, but he's gonna he's gonna come into it and he's gonna be a cheap enabler to start the season, I think. Um Morris is kind of hit or miss, um, but in the right situations, could be a good, good fantasy option. Uh, Christian Roldan is always a good floor player. So there's, there's options at every position here, but be careful with the midfield because those points are going to be spread out.
2: Yeah, this is a team that's got way too many options. It's and Isaac's right. You just don't know where the points are going to come from. If they start splitting those set pieces, uh, screw it, I'm not taking any of them. I think there's other premium mids for the money that I can get that are better. Give it three, four, five weeks, six weeks, whatever, and their prices may come down to where, oh, I can risk a Ladero or a JP when they're only getting partial set pieces because I'm not going to take the value hit. But I think you run the risk of losing a lot of money very early in the season. Um, I think, honestly, my besides the defense, which I think is fine, solid, great defense to load up on on good matchups, uh, this is a team that I think we may have run three deep a couple of times last year on defense because they've been that good. It's just, you load up uh, outside of that. I think Christian Eldon might be my favorite pick out of this team playing in a winger role. I like him there. I've liked him there for the national team. I think he gets good bonus points from that role compared to his price. I think he's going to be one of your safer options. You don't have to worry about not quite having the ceiling because you don't have the money investment. To need to hit that ceiling and you don't risk losing points early in the season on what I expect to be a very good team out of the gate. My big concern here is if I know Rui Diaz is going to go 70 to 80 minutes every week, I love Rui Diaz in this mm-hmm. because of all the service behind him, but they went out and spent good money to get bear off of New York City. That's concerning to me. bear was City's best striker post-Tati trade. And they let him go. I won't say Bear is better than Rui Diaz, but I think he could rival him in this system. I really do. And when you've got that wealth of talent up top, is Rui Diaz going to be a 50, 50 to 55, 50-55 to minute guy given his recent injury history? And they're going to let Hebert run out for the rest of the game. I trust Hebert to go play 40 minutes and get you a goal. He did it for City last year. It's one of those things. Like I could see this being striker by committee, either alternating starts or a 60-30 split every week. And if you're giving me Rui Diaz for 60 minutes to try to score, I think that really kills his value. So that striker position, if Rui Diaz is going to play consistent minutes, I think he's a must-own But if they start rotating that striker position, I think you've got to get out of the way and not risk not getting those goals unless it's against a very weak attack or a a very weak defense that you're going up against. And that's just my take on it. And I think Rudy has injury history sells that for me. I just I cannot trust him to go more than about 60, 65 minutes. Yeah, Ash's comments on this are that
0: she she rates him as situational uh, for a lot of the same reasons that you guys mentioned. And the way I summed it up was some top target players, but are they a top target team? And I think you guys captured a lot of that of, of points by committee. And and it's going to it's gonna see. So pr- probably wait and see. Is this where I would fall with this one? Just because I want to see if there's some consistency with those points or or if Rudy Diaz is going to get that goal. So, um, but I... Echo your sentiment completely um, with Ariaga back there. Isaac, I think that's that's a move in the positive back there on defense. Okay. Uh, Staying with the Homer teams, Blaine, Sporting Kansas City,
2: congrats to your Chiefs. Yeah, thank you. Um, Sporting, uh, really random stat that from the moment Tommy and Agata began starting games together, Sporting was the highest scoring team in MLS. And... Preseason shows no sign of that slowing down. Uh, they went out and bought a good six that had played with Fantas in, at Barcelona in the academy system. I don't know if he's fast enough to do everything I want him to do, but they got a six, which allows Valter uh, to move forward a little bit, running this kind of paired eights with both eights being having free reign to drift forward as needed. Um, But as far as fantasy production goes. I want to see how this six does and what that does to the defense. This defense is hit or miss and is in desperate need of a center back with Courtney Ford going down with an Achilles rupture. So don't trust the defense until you see it. But really, whoever's your starting striker is a must-own in this system. Russell, Shaloui, Tommy, and Walter are way too good at getting service to whoever's up there. Polito has shown in his start's that he is a bonus point monster and capable of playing with the most expensive forwards out there and getting the same equal fantasy points. And then Agata is just a goal-scoring machine. You put it in his range, and he's going to put it on net. He is a product of the service he is getting, and all indications in preseason at the end of last year are the service is going to be there for whoever's the starting striker. So that is borderline must own probably is a must own against at this point. I don't see a team that I like better for attacking purposes, but you got to know all the points are going to come from that front player. Although Russell has gotten a couple of goals in preseason, it looks like the wing is opening up for him to run a little bit more, but watch for your assists, situational with your extra pieces. Don't trust the midfield to give you steady points. And this is really a one-of team, and you want that big number nine, whoever he is. Isaac?
1: Pretty much have all the same thoughts there. I was going to say, uh, forwards, yes. Midfielders, maybe. Defense, no. (laughs) Uh, I'm a little bit – I have a little bit of the same concern with like Rui Diaz and Aber between Agata and Pulido. Uh, who's going to be the the starter, and are they going to switch in and out? Um, that's kind of a wait and see for me. But I kind of agree. Whoever's in that center spot, that's just about a must own against any weak defense for sure.
0: Yeah, I I'm out a little bit on Sporting Kansas City. I'd probably fall into maybe the situational category as well, um, just because I do I do worry about the consistency, and I'm not sure about the striker. And so I'd like to see not not just who's starting. What their forms like and who are they playing against, and so it's I'm not going to just throw them off the top, but um, I'd I'd want to see. And on a fun side note, this is this is another team where Blaine and I went back and forth a lot on where we thought Russell should should play. Uh, ultimately, the game sided with Blaine, so take that as as what it will. Last year, it sided with me. Oh, we should, the field. but the ultimate conclusion that. we came down to was Blaine said that that Russell was a shit midfielder and I said he was a shit forward. And so ultimately we have just decided that <laughs> Russell's a shit fantasy player. So, um, <laughs> that's where Blaine and I landed Yep. on that.
2: Uh, so of course he will be the best fantasy player this year. And I mean, he's back in that typical forward role. If he's getting goals and assists, he's going to get points. If he's not, he's going to get you a two or a three. He's, his bonus points have dried up a lot recently, and they've added even more set-piece takers, so those are getting shared. Russell is not that guy that will get you an 11 with an, with only one assist anymore. He used to be. He's not anymore, and you just have to realize that, that he is goal-dependent at this point on the wing, and you're looking for better service for who he's given it to in the middle. Which means he's an absolutely atrocious midfielder in this game. And you should never pick him up if he was a midfielder.
0: So thankfully <laughs> he's
2: not. Either way. Either way. We,
0: <laughs> we weighed in. This is defender. this is That's where it. we stand. Let's make him a defender. There we go. There we go. That's and then everybody will own him. That'll that'll be it. <laughs> uh and then Blame will let you do back to back because I asked you to write about this team for the upcoming articles that we have. So
2: and it might be an easy one to preview. St. Louis. Hot garbage, nothing more to say. <laughs> I mean, really, expansion teams are so hit and miss. This one is reminding me of the worst expansion teams we have ever seen. I don't – yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> – they went out and bought a DP goalkeeper. Like, they're building completely wrong for MLS. I look at Doyle's depth chart. I don't see – I don't see enough – veteran MLS leadership on this team to really make me go, Ooh, this looks good. They got MLS cast from other teams. I thought they completely botched their expansion draft. There were better players on the table that they left there. I just, I don't see how this team comes together at all. And I think this is a team you go three deep against them at all times.
1: Isaac, Yeah, my, my note here is hot garbage. Check back in 2025. <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> I, love that. I, I do I do have some notes about some players that could have some potential fantasy relevance, sure. specifically uh, their number eight DP, Edward Lowen. Uh, he's been on all set pieces in preseason. He was on pretty much all set pieces uh, in the Bundesliga when he was playing there. Um, it's nice to have one of those kind of box-to-box midfielders that is on set piece duty. Because then you're looking at defensive BPs and attacking BPs. But I don't see a ton of upside because I don't know where the goals are going to come from. Uh, their DP striker, Klaus, uh, he hasn't started more than 15 games a season since 2018. Uh, in a, since 20, the end of the 2021 season, he's only played 2,600 minutes and has eight goals, three assists. In two years, that's it. So I don't know why he's a DP. I don't know what they're seeing in him, but he just does not scream reliable DP goal scorer to me. Um, defense, I mean, you got Tim Parker. He's a known quantity. I expect he'll get a lot of bonus points because he's going to have a lot to do. Um, but I'm not seeing clean sheets. I don't know. I just, I don't see, I don't see how this this team's going to succeed.
0: Yeah, I um. I don't like the way that they're building uh is their defender really or their their goalkeeper a, a DP? I think I think so. it was Max Tam. Okay. It's, I didn't yeah, very I didn't think it on. was a DP, but I was gonna say but, but, if but there's I mean, one way you can top a team that bought every D D mid in the in the world when they came into yeah. the league, it would be signing a DP goalkeeper, but I mean
2: I've I live in Missouri, same state. I have heard more about their goalkeeper than any of their other signings. Mm-hmm. Like that's how bad this build has been. They're not even hyping Tim Parker as much. I forgot that that was even the Tim Parker that was supposed to be a really good defender that was there. I just saw Parker on the depth chart. I'm like, oh, is that Tim or did they? Like, why would he that's... go to a team like that? You yeah, paid him. <laughs> sure. Somebody else would have paid him. It's well, MLS. Yeah. We have a salary cap.
0: Yeah, this this a uh, uh, no. Um, this will definitely be hot garbage, and it's definitely going to be someone to bet against coming out of mm-hmm. the gate. So um, look forward when when uh, your team plays St. Louis because you'll probably be able to pick your players to to get points uh, this year, and uh, just go ahead and stock up probably probably three players uh, whenever you're going up against uh, each mean,
2: week whenever St. Louis is playing. So you know, I want to I I'm I'm pushing this rivalry as much as I can. So my hot take that I'm going to drop. It's probably this is going to be the MLS expansion team with the worst goal differential in MLS history. Challenge accepted. I think that's going to be my hot take. I just I just don't see it. Happy to concede, and challenge accepted. <laughs> Bequeath to you
0: our wooden spoon, uh, and let's wrap everything up. Heading up north uh, with your other Cascadia, give you the tr- the Cascadia hat trick there, uh, Isaac Vancouver.
1: Also, on principle, hot garbage, always hot garbage. Um, yeah. Yeah, but really, there there are some decent options here, situationally, I think. You got uh, Gold uh, was always uh, a pretty good fantasy option, especially when he's going 90 minutes. Uh, there, like the start of last season, he was kind of in and out of the lineup with injury concerns, and it's, it wasn't great for him. Um, I'm very curious to see if they actually can get that Japanese goalkeeper, uh, Takaoka, which I think improves their defense quite a bit. Um, I think uh, Vancouver fans are saying it's a done deal, but I haven't seen confirmation of it yet. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Julian Gressel, of course, he's still listed as defender. Um, He's going to be great for service to whoever's starting up front, which uh, looks like they were trying to get uh, Sergio Cordova from RSL from last season, which I think would be a good, decent addition to this team. Um, He had an okay year with RSL last season. I think it was like nine goals in 2,200 minutes, something like that. You'd want a little bit more from a DP striker, but if he's getting service from like Gressel and Gold, I think he could have like a you know, 10 to 15 goal season. Um, got Cubas in the midfield, D-mid. He was a, a solid BP producer last season, um, but again, he's a D-mid, no set pieces, probably not going to be a go-to. Um, if they do get Takaoka in defense, I think their CBs are going to be decent fantasy picks at home. Like Veselinovich was a, had a huge floor, uh, they brought in another center back, uh, Matthias Laborda, which I've, I've been reading good things about. Could be a good set piece target. Um, beyond that, like it's a very situational team. You're probably not going to be looking at Vancouver much.
2: I'm a little higher on them. I think this is a dark horse playoff team in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. I think you get Gald back and healthy. gald is a fantastic player. Got all the potential to score the fantasy points, and I think That and situationally on this defense is where you're going to look for most of your points. Uh, Luis Martins, former Kansas City guy, has been picking up some assists in preseason. I think the more he's playing with this team, the more comfortable he's getting in the attack. That's not a bad shout for them if you want to get in on some clean sheet hunting and get some offensive points. Veselinovich was fantastic for bonus points, so that's another way to get in here. I don't mind Hassal as their backup keeper if the Japanese player comes in. I'm not even going to try to butcher that name. Nope, I got you.
0: I got you 100% with uh, this one. It's uh, Yohei Takahota.
2: Okay. 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 But if, right. if that signing gets done, great. If not, Hassal is not a bad keeper. He showed he could do it last year. I'm. It's not ideal, but it's there. But the real standout for me from preseason has been Christian Dahomey. He's on penalties for them still. And he's been getting a good run out with them. He was streaky last year, but one of their better players for how crazy that season was. So I would, I like Dahomey as a situational second player. If you like the matchup, you take Gauld. If you really like the matchup, you add Dahomey in. And then if you like the defense, you go grab one of those. Never more than too deep on the attack, but I don't mind what's going on in Dahomey as long as he's on. Set P- or on penalties, his value goes way up. And Vancouver seemed to get a lot of penalties last year with the way they played. I don't know if that'll translate with the new formation this year. But I like this. Now, if Cordova actually comes over from RSL and takes over penalties, I think Dahomey's value goes way down. But right now, what I'm seeing is Dahomey is still on penalties, which is something you have to keep in mind when you're trying to pick some of these guys. And if they've got a good matchup, I'm not going to shy away from this team to start the season. Yeah. I think I, I, I fall more in, like, on like on the bull side for,
0: for Vancouver and, and see this as a wait and see team is, for everything you guys mentioned, there's, there've been some positive moves. I think, I don't know if, I don't think I would go so far as to say, this is a dark horse playoff contender team right here. But, um, I, I think there are definitely opportunities for four points and, uh, that's great. That, that's always great, especially with defense. And if some of these guys can bring in a good value, then that'd be good. And if we get a great value goalkeeper, that would be another, another great, a uh, good little that we could potentially have. So thank you so much guys for joining us to go over this. Thank you everyone who joined us uh, live during the show and listening to us right now. Uh, just a, a quick little recap that I didn't do last week and we'll touch again with round one as well. Uh, but going to be finalizing some of the pro rail structure, uh, now that the game has come out so I can actually start getting some of the invites out and we're going to be finalizing uh, all of the leagues that are going to be coming for MLS Fantasy Boss network of leagues. Expect to have everything back as we did last year with our Discord league and our um, Patreon league. There will not be a Reddit league even though the subreddit is back. So if you like uh, going to Reddit then that is there. But I can't hit enough on the value of the Discord server and I'm, I'm sure we'll hit that in some of our our uh, plugs so i won't get too much into that but that's that's a quick little housekeeping to wrap up this show right here uh so let's uh let's just do our our plugs from there isaac just the discord you already plugged it i i
1: I halfway plugged it so that you guys could still okay okay discord find us on the discord that's where all the chat happens game days are are a blast Uh, so if you're not there be there great times blaine
2: Yeah, big shout out to Skyler at DraftKicks on Twitter. Um, Put in a lot of work this last week, getting the game ready. It's in a kind of one of those soft launch app only right now, but he's been working behind the scenes and wrangling MLS to make sure they get the game out to us on time and getting all this done. The positional switches were done this week. They were finalized, I guess, yesterday, today, and put in the system. So he's been doing all the work if you haven't said thank you to him he's in discord or you can reach out to him he appreciates all the all the kind words i know he puts in a a lot of hard work for us and he honestly enjoys it so give him some love if you haven't go give him a follow he's a great one to follow for just general fantasy advice or if you like doing the nft stuff he does so rare and some other stuff like that too so yeah, hit him up, especially if you gamble, but he's still just one of the pillars <laughs> of the fantasy community right now. <laughs> That's hey, just he, like the most just, honest thing, like, yeah, hit up Skylar if you like to gamble. I mean, he honestly does have great I mean, great work on if you're doing DraftKings or anything like that. He is one of the best resources in the community for that type of stuff. Yep. One of one of the most successful fantasy players. So
0: absolutely of great value. Um, yes, the Discord server. Uh, the Reddit, subreddit, mlsfantasyboss.com. Now that we've had our preview podcast, we're going to come up with some articles as well just to kind of capture everything uh, really quick for those who who don't have the time in a few hours to spend through listening to us chat about about players and options. So be looking for those. And then be looking for our regular article series at mlsfantasyboss.com as we go through there. Um, we will not have Ashley with us next week, but we will have Christian Ward to come and preview round one with us. And that's going to be a good time uh, for all. So uh, the the game is sort of back. Uh, we're, we're very soon going to be experiencing that great, great MLS soccer that we all love and playing the fun fantasy game that we also all just look forward to all year round. So come become a member of the community and just have some fun with us. And as always, good luck. <sighs>